The Greenwood and Mulliner Show is proudly sponsored by Casa San Lorenzo Gosforth, the best Italian cuisine in the Northeast. Reserve a table today on 0191213 or visit casasanlorenzo.co.uk. Newcastle Fans TV. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's Greenwood and Mulliner Show podcast. Uh, it's a different one this week. Uh, I am taking charge of the intro because, unlike last week where I was flying solo, you were flying solo this week, Johnny. I was, yeah. Working with it was for you. Yeah. I had the pleasure of interviewing Georgia O'Connor. But you've seen her before, haven't you, Sam? Yeah, I'm gutted I missed out on this one. Um, pro boxer, decorated youth amateur, she was on the Savannah Marshall undercard at the O2 in London, where I was, um, and she impressed me greatly. Followed her on Instagram after that night. So you said in her DMs? No, I didn't. I didn't. I got lead to from the, <laughs> the channel's Instagram. Um, but that, that's when I realised she was a, a proper Newcastle fan. I knew she was from Durham, but you never quite know with people from Durham, do you? So, um, yeah, she's a, she's a huge, huge Newcastle fan, as, as you now well know. Yes, yeah, she's a, a hardcore Newcastle fan, really. Her dad was a big inspiration, but she goes into depth on the podcast about her Newcastle roots and why she's so proud to be a Geordie. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a good one, really, really good one. And look, I think she's she's very, very humble, very down to earth, and it's certainly a podcast that you should listen to intently. Forgot to mention as well, we're not doing this on. The internet. Well, we are doing it on the internet because you're watching it on the internet or listening to it via an internet connection. But we're in person. We're sat next to each other. This is due to next week's show. Uh, I'm up Newcastle for the next two days. So we're recording one next week, as you listen to this, at the magnificent Casa San Lorenzo. But uh, we are sat next to each other now. Yes, we are. We're ready to go and meet... A fantastic member of the channel. <laughs> in, a, in about half an hour time, we're going to go down Tymouth, and then go time. We're going to see. Um, we're actually going to see friend of the show, friend of the channel. Yeah, I was going to say a man who is performing tonight as we record, Mr. Gavin Webster. Mm. Uh, he's doing a show at the Time Theatre, so that's something to look forward to, isn't it? Can't wait! Can't wait! And then tomorrow we play Chelsea, the last game before the World Cup. So it's a fun-packed weekend. And then sandwiched in the middle of that is uh, the recording of next week's show at the magnificent Casa San Lorenzo, the finest Italian cuisine in the northeast. Yes, that'll be one that you have to keep an eye out. Big thanks to Jeff, who is my uncle, actually. So that's why I managed to get this sorted for uh, next week's show. Go on, Jeff. So, yeah, we're going to be... Uh, Looking forward to that one. We'll give it away who we're speaking to, but all I will say, the only clue you get is a former entertainer. That's all you're getting from us. Um, and on that bombshell, shall we do some emails? Well, yeah, but you do like a little trumpet bit, so I'll, I'm going to do that while you'll get emails. So, da, 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 da. it's email time. So this email um, is from, I feel like, like when you had a letter on like an old school Blue Peter. What are you going to barge after, do you? Yeah, we've had a letter in, lovely handwriting, uh, from Nikki. Now, it's, it's Nikki with an I, not Nikki with a Y, so I'm presuming it's a female Nikki, not like Nikki Campbell. 
from Five Live. Um, it's not about Newcastle. It's about me and you. Oh, God. Um, hi, Matt. <laughs> hi, lads. Love the podcast. Really enjoyed your interview, in particular with Nick DeMarco. Um, I have a question for your podcast intro. Nikki asks, what were your first impressions of each other when you first met? Can you remember when we first met, Mr. Mauler? Yes. Where was it? It was in a pub. Is it the state, the junction? The junction, the junction yeah, the yeah. And it was um, af- the day after Newcastle beat Eddie Howe's Bournemouth 2 1. Steve Bruce's Newcastle beat Eddie Howe's Bournemouth, who would have thought? Yedlin and Clark. Yeah. And uh, I was coming to do the old radio show. You were. It was, it was, um, yeah, it was. It was I, I remember Kyle saying, Kyle, obviously, former member of, the, of uh, Newcastle Fans TV, saying, Oh, look. There's a, there's a lad that wants to come on the radio show. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll sort it out. Because Kyle was kind of doing bits behind the scenes in regards to the radio show at the time. And I said, well, look, there's a, there's a big game. There was. There was a big game on. It was Liverpool versus Manchester City. And oh, yeah. So they were kind of both going for the title. It was like early on. It was like November time, of course. But it was a really, really big game. And I said, well, look, why don't we watch the first half in the pub or watch it for 60 minutes, whatever we can, and then we'll go to the radio show because it started at 6 o'clock. And... I've just realised as well that was Remembrance Sunday. Uh, was it really? Yeah. yeah, and it's Remembrance Day today as we record yeah. this. How bizarre is that? So it's uh, three years ago. Yeah, three years ago, pretty much. Yeah, more or less to the day. Yeah, definitely. So we, and that, yeah, I remember you came up to us actually. I think you must have recognised me and Kyle. And I remember you and your mate. What was your mate called? Adam. Adam. Yeah, the Villa fan, wasn't he? Yeah, still, Did, still is. Still is. What oh, shame. But uh, he, uh, you, you came up to us and said, oh, introduce yourself and we'll just watch the last 20 minutes or whatever. And then we walked up and then, oh, it was just a radio show. But I didn't realise he'd be joining the channel from there. But I just thought, oh, I think he's obviously keen. He always likes, likes the channel. But never really looked into too much more than that because obviously I didn't, we didn't know what, what you're, what you do. I know you're writing a couple of articles, but that was about it. Well, I didn't then. No, but you got asked, didn't you? Or did you just volunteer? I volunteered. Um, I started doing a bit of writing for work about darts actually, and then um, when Lee was on about needing an article writer, I said, "Yeah, go on, and I'll do a few." And I did one or two a week, and then it just progressed, and here we are, three years later. Um, to answer the question, first impressions: lovely, outgoing chap. Is that Kyle or me? You. <laughs> Immediately, I went in with a classic Mulliner anecdote about my stag do. Yeah. Um, which I'm not going to share. <laughs> not maybe for the Christmas special. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then when I come away from the radio show, I, we were driving home. I said, oh, I've got to get in with them lads. I reckon, I reckon that there's potential. So, yeah. How right or wrong were you? <laughs> well, right, clearly, because um, look at what we've done since. Yeah, but well, you've seen with policy since then, we've obviously started our own show, we've been three years, well, from three, three years ago, we've obviously had a COVID pandemic, we've not been able to watch Newcastle for a full season, or just over a season, really, and it's been difficult in terms of that side of things, but from then, Obviously, with the great news of the takeover, the, the, the whole channel's obviously done really, really well. I hope to do better, but the actual people that we've managed to meet, if it's only three years ago, 
I've been so very surprised. But it's just it, it's been really good. Like uh, you know, not a lot of doors just because you don't you're not really bothered. But I think we were kind of a little bit more bothered back in the day. I think it was a case of um, if we said, for example, we'll take today's guest, for example, George O'Connor. If we said, oh, should we get George on the show? We'd be like, mm, I don't know. And we'll just say yes. We'll just say no. And you can just says no. You said she says no. We'll try the next person. Yeah, for example. So. Yeah, that's certainly helped us as well. But it's look, it's, it's, it's a great time to be a Newcastle United fan. It's a great time to be a Newcastle United content creator, regardless of that's you know whatever you're doing, because everyone's so positive, and that is a massive, massive advantage at the minute. If you have a question, a statement, a comment, a wondering, then please do continue to email us at the show at info at newcastlefanstv.com. Info I N F O at newcastlefanstv or one word dot Calm. I've listened to this interview before we've done the, the intro. As I say, I'm devastated. I couldn't do this because uh, George is brilliant. It's uh, She's a fighter that you really want to keep an eye on. The Northeast talent in boxing is on fire. Obviously, we had Troy Williamson on the other week. His fight's next month. George is fantastic. Three fights in. Superb performance at the O2 Arena. And she's really one to keep an eye on going forward because there's no reason why not in a couple of years' time she can't be world champion. Um, really good interview this with yourself, Johnny. Um, what were your overriding feelings after finishing this interview, just before we get into it? Just that, like I said at the start, very down to earth and she's got her head screwed on and she certainly wants to do good things in the world of, in the world of boxing. She wants to win a world title. She, she makes no secret of that. She's not, it's not, not an exclusive. She's done that with every interview she's done. And she's under a really good uh, company with Sky Sports Boxing and Boxer. And she'll certainly get opportunities to shine. And she's going to have a lot of eyes looking at her uh, in the weeks and months and years to come. But yeah, she's got everything there to become a world champion. Hopefully she gets the chance to do that. So please do like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening and if you are listening on itunes hit that five star review as well let's get into it then this is johnny's conversation with georgia o'connor the greenwood and mulliner show on newcastle fans tv hello everyone welcome back to the greenwood and mulliner show here on newcastle fans tv last week it was just mulliner no greenwood this week you've got me and no mulliner due to work commitments this week but we still have a fantastic show on the cards. It is a great pleasure to introduce one of the best female boxers in the North East. It is Georgia O'Connor. Georgia, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Delighted to be here. Georgia, it's been unbelievable on Tyneside for the last 12, 24 months for all sorts of reasons. I don't think there's any time or any time better to be a Geordie at the minute with everything that's going along, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, especially with the football at the minute. I mean, third in the Premier League. I mean, I've definitely never seen that in my lifetime, and uh, you probably not in yours either. No, certainly not. Certainly not in regards to what Sam might say about my age. But uh, no, it, it's been an absolute fantastic start of the season for Newcastle. Now, we'll start with Newcastle before we go on to the boxing side of things. Um, why did you get involved, or why do you like football? Why that? There's always like a, a moment, like for me, it's going to my first game with my dad. I think everyone has that moment where they go, I just love Newcastle United. What was that moment for you, Georgia? Um, well, I was always like a massive tomboy growing up, uh, dressed in boys' clothes, wanted my hair cut short. Mum wouldn't let me, obviously. <laughs> um, 
played football in the streets and stuff. I was always friends with lads rather than lasses. Obviously, being into boxing is a male-dominated sport. Football as I played football as well for my school. Um, my family, especially my uncle, has always been Newcastle mad. So I think like my dedication to the team has just came from like came from my family, like my mum's side of the family more so. So, is there a particular player or a particular match that you can remember? You going, oh, that's that's the reason why I thought I fell in love with Newcastle United. Do you know? I, I don't think so. I've always loved them, just because that's what I've been brought up around. Uh, obviously, I've been to like several games, more so when I was younger, and like the it was the atmosphere more than anything that got me. I mean, when I was seven, like don't shoot me, but I don't remember who was playing for Newcastle when I was seven. Like, but um, <laughs> it was just going to the games, having having my family love them. It was just uh, just like second nature to me. It, it, it certainly it's like a religion, isn't it? In, in the northeast, like you, you know, obviously everyone gets like christened or whatever but it's like when you go to St James's Park that's your that's your christening isn't it you kind of have yeah. to just get, go there experience it all for anyone that doesn't know what the St James's Park atmosphere is like how how can you describe it or can you describe it I think electric is a appropriate word isn't it especially now with how well they're doing and it's uh yeah, I've um, I've, I keep I keep saying to my boyfriend, oh, we need to go and watch a game. We need to watch a game because the only UK match he's been to was a Sunderland game, which I think is yeah. definitely worth leaving him over. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm saying no, that's no, you, no, you need to come to a Newcastle game to cancel that out. So I'm uh, I'm going to take my think after the World Cup to see a game. Yeah, let's get that sorted. We're not having them just going to Sunderland games. No. We're not having that. Not a chance. Not a chance. But. What have you made of it so far? Because it's actually the, the day that we're recording, it's been one year to the day since Eddie Howe was Newcastle United manager. And what a year it's been. And as you've rightly mentioned, third in the Premier League table, some fantastic wins along the way. It, it's just been absolutely incredible, hasn't it? It's phenomenal, isn't it? And I mean, you see like uh, the jealous like um, Sunderland fans and you know, the fans of other teams saying, oh, it's okay when you've got loads of money. But he hasn't even, Eddie Howe's not even been able to spend all the money. So you can't use the, the money argument. He's a terrific manager. And the way he's bought players, you know, homegrown players as well, brought them on. Like, there's no argument for it. He's done a phenomenal job. Yeah, he, he really, really has. And he hasn't spent a lot of money. But I think the one player that he has spent a little bit of money on is Bruno Gimaraes. And everyone seems just to love Bruno at the minute. We've had dogs named after Bruno. We're having... Sons probably named getting named after Bruno and everything around the northeast. Do you think he's one of the best players I've ever seen in a Newcastle shirt up there, Georgia? Absolutely, and I think especially at Almiron at the minute. I mean, he's oh, flying, isn't he? Yeah, he certainly is. It's some of the goals. Like, there's a standout goal that you think, "Oh my god, he's just he's just he's turning into like a like a Messi almost." The what the the recent ones against Southampton. Yeah. Yeah, like even even that, I was like, you know, Jack Grealish must be crying into his uh, crying into his bed sheets after that comment. But it's it's crazy since since Grealish made that comment, he just seems to be flying even more, as if it was like um, that was his fire to just prove prove him wrong. You know, it was no, it was crazy. Have you ever ever seen that? Like not even like in football, but in any sort of sport. Like I know boxing is obviously a lot of you know talking before the actual main event but have you ever seen that in football where somebody says that yes Jack Grealish had a lot to drink but to say something disrespectful like that I don't think that's ever been done in football really has it? No I mean football obviously is not a combat sport so I don't think you have that aggressiveness boxing you see it all the time especially with the fellas but I've never seen anything like that in football even like players trash talk each other it doesn't, doesn't seem like a common thing 
I mean, like footballers seem to like respect each other. You know, they do do the business on the pitch, and that's it. But yeah, obviously, um, Grealish must have, like you said, had a bit too much to drink and opened his mouth. <laughs> yeah, we've all done mistakes. I don't think I, 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 you must feel like every time Newcastle play right now, George and Jack Grealish is probably. You know, out and about, maybe saying Newcastle aren't playing the same day as Manchester City. He's just out with these misses, or he's, you know, he's doing something. And his phone just gets like so many beeps on his phone when when Miguel Miron scores. He must hate it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I would if I made a comment like that, and then every single game that the lad I was trash talking was proven as wrong. It's not really great, is it? No, certainly not. Um, where do you think Newcastle can finish this season? Do you think Newcastle can finish in the top four, or do you think that's just a bit too much on this team? I think undoubtedly, I bet my life savings on finishing in the top seven or eight, like like that's secure. But top four, I would I would really like to think so. I'm hoping and praying. Um, yeah, I think it's doable. I think it's definitely doable if they keep playing the way they are right right now. I mean, look at the recent match against uh, Manchester City. You know, previous champions almost beat them. So I, I definitely think top four is uh, achievable. How about you? Um, well, they put it back on me, putting the pressure on me. Um, do you know what it is, George? I agree with you. I, I agree that top seven, top eight, that was, I thought Newcastle were going to finish eight this season. I thought that was a success. And it, it, it might still happen, it might drop down a little bit, but I don't know. I think the fact that the likes of the, the, the traditional big six, because they're all in European competition and there is so many games, and I know the World Cups are coming around the corner, but as soon as that World Cup finishes, it's kind of almost back to two or three games a week again. For those sort of teams so, and Newcastle at most of the time will only play one game a week and I think that might just be so beneficial to them do I see them finishing the Champions League probably not I think we'll probably just about miss out but I do think we'll be getting our passports ready to say let's play uh, European football and I think you know what the North East fans are like in general Georgia they'll be taking so many people to you know, whichever country, whether it be France, Italy, Spain, Turkey, Azerbaijan, whoever it is in the world, but it, the Northeast fans certainly um, appreciate their own and appreciate, you know, boxing or football, if you like. Yeah, a million percent. I mean, everyone's heard Bruno say he feels at home at Newcastle and he's just made to feel like, well, it's his home now. Obviously, he's from Brazil, but the fans just, everyone gets behind each other. There's no, like, animosity or anything. It's, uh, it's a great club to be part of, I think. It certainly is, certainly is. I just, just imagine what the January transfer window is going to be like. Getting all, getting a couple, maybe a couple more new players. I think it'll be um, absolutely phenomenal. Hopefully, we we'll get a, get to see that. But um, I have to quickly touch about the World Cup with England as well. Before we kind of go on to your career in your boxing as well, do you think England can do it? Do you think they can win the World Cup, or do you think it's just too much for Gareth Southgate? I would like to think so. I would really like to think so. But I think there's other teams that are just far too strong. France, for example. Um, there's a few like dark horses. The Netherlands have a good football team, obviously Germany, um, and I'm just not quite sure the uh, the want enough. You know, uh, I think a lot with a lot of the England games they score, and then think, oh, that's it now, and then they kind of take the foot off the gas, and then they they, they concede. And I'm like, oh. so I'm not getting my hopes up because I don't want to be uh, heartbroken again as I was last year. So, oh, it was horrible. It was horrible. I was watching it in North Shields, and it was just oh, horrible. Horrible, but hopefully, the, hopefully they can bring it home this year. It's coming home, everybody. It is coming home. But uh, no, let's talk about boxing because Georgia, that is what you are famous for. Um, I have to ask, how does a girl from Durham want to become a boxer? Um, when I was about two or three, I used to live in France, um, and I used to get bullied a bit. I was very soft. Uh, you know, kids in the playground pushing me about and stuff. 
Um, so my dad thought, right, I want her, as in me, to be able to look after myself. The world's not a nice place anyway, especially if you're a woman. Uh, so he started like teaching me a bit, like doing pads and things, teaching me how to punch. And I just fell in love with it. Um, started going to boxing gyms when I was like seven, eight. I did taekwondo. I was a three-time national champion taekwondo. But boxing, uh, using my fist, was always where my heart was. I had my first fight when I was 15, which is quite late, but I was a big girl. There wasn't many girls uh, my way at the time. Uh, it just all went from there. What What is it about boxing? Is it just the art of it? Is it just the fact that it's just you against somebody else? Why is it your love? Why is it your passion? Boxing, it's you can't blame anyone else. Football, it's like, oh, he was playing bad, she was playing bad. Boxing, it's all down to you. And um and I like that, you know, I can't put the blame on anyone else. If I have a good day or a bad day, it's that's all down to me. Don't have to rely on anyone else or can't like I say, I can't blame anyone else. It is very much just yourself. I, like I we've spoken with me and Sam, obviously Sam's not on this podcast, is it? But me and Sam have spoken to a lot of boxers over the years and it, it, that's their mentality. Look, I can't blame anybody else. It is just me. But the amount of dedication that goes into boxing is absolutely incredible. Um I, I, we, I think the training just like scares a lot of the ordinary people anyway, but if you could just give us a little bit of a flavor, what's the training like going into a fight or maybe just your recent, the most recent fight that you had just, uh, just in, uh, down uh, last, uh, last month, what, what was the training going into that? So my last camp, I was training twice a day, six days a week. Um, so in the morning I would do either a run or some strength work. And then in the night I would have either sparring or pads. Um, I was sparring three times a week. I was doing eight two-minute rounds with 30-second rest in between. I like to um, limit the rest I have in between rounds. So then when I have a minute rest in a fight, it feels like a holiday. <laughs> it is. Uh, I, I, that, that is quite clever, actually. I, do, do, is that, was that your idea to do that? Or was that your trainer's idea? Because I, I can imagine you, I can imagine not many boxers would have thought of it like that. Uh, it was my dad's idea, actually. Really? Yeah. So is that, is that where you get your brains from, is it? But I'm not sure about that. Like, probably not. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> um, you did a bit of taekwondo. Well, you, well, I say a bit of taekwondo. A three-time national taekwondo champion, and you're undefeated. Like, from what I've, from what I've read from um, other articles, undefeated in kickboxing. So, no one could beat you growing up by the look of it. Was it just that inner mentality that you couldn't be beaten, or were, were the opponents not as strong as you, or not as clever as you. How how did you master Taekwondo before you going into boxing? Um, taekwondo, I had I think about eighty fights, and I lost my first two, and then won the rest by one. Um, and I've always had this mentality growing up that I didn't just want to be average. I wanted to be the best. I wanted to be remembered. So it wasn't so much the opponents or their strength that, like, um, or lack of strength that got me through the fights. It was always that fear of being average and. I didn't just want to be like, oh, she's all right. Yeah, she's not great, but not bad. I wanted to be like, yeah, she that's, that's George O'Connor. She's really good. So that's always carried me through. You know, when training gets hard, I just think about that. Yeah, it certainly is. I think that's I think that's what you know separates the normal person to, like you say, someone to be fondly remembered. And you can there's so many people in North East or in the world in general that you know want to be special, want to be unique. Um, who are your boxing heroes growing up, uh, Georgia? Who who were the ones that you were you know sitting down wanting to watch on telly and you know, wanting to learn off the, off the very best, I, I suppose. Uh, standout one for me is Katie Taylor. I've always liked her, you know, since uh, 2012 Olympics. I've always kind of watched her and uh, aspired to be like her, not just as boxing, but a person as well. She's very, um, 
softly spoken. She doesn't turn up to the weigh-ins in uh, in lingerie and stuff. She, she's out, she's not out for anything apart from boxing. Do you know what I mean? She's true to herself. She gets the job done, and and I've always liked that. She's just herself. Have you ever had the chance to meet her at all? I haven't, unfortunately. No. No, you have to you have to you have to get that sorted. Have to get that sorted. She she has really carried. Uh, I was going to say not carried women's boxing in general, but there is like that. There is that certain fan that. You think of women's boxing, you think of Katie Taylor, obviously more recently Savannah Marshall, who we'll we'll talk about very very shortly. But do, how much do you think she's done for women's boxing just in general? And do you, do you think she has inspired a generation of uh, you know young girls wanting to get into the sport? Taylor. Yeah. Yeah, a thousand percent. Um, not just obviously in Ireland and the UK, but she, she's talked about worldwide. When I've talked to boxers from europe every corner of the world everyone talks about katie taylor what she's done and the things she's overcame as well obviously her family life what happened with her dad and stuff um don't know if you know her dad kind of went behind her mum's back and her dad was obviously her main coach so when she lost her relationship with him she kind of um wasn't doing as good in the in the sport but you know everything she's done she's built up herself yeah, she certainly has and she's done exceptionally well and the thing is the, the irish fans as well certainly know how to back one of their own as well. It's very similar to the Northeast. But I have to mention uh, Savannah Marshall and Clarissa Shields. That fight, I know you were talking to Sam briefly before we, we started about it, but what a showpiece fight that was. And obviously you were on, on the card as well, but that was, I think, the, I think it was one of the best fights I've ever seen. And I think it really showed how good these boxers were. It wasn't, I, I think I think one of the commentators put nail on the head, it doesn't matter if you're male, female, whatever. And I'm sure you're probably sick of that sort of conversation but that fight was absolutely incredible how, how did you see it and did you think it was the right decision in the end yeah definitely the right decision like i, I was talking before and chris is uh just far too clever boxing iq is one of the best in the world male like between men and women um but the fight itself was absolutely phenomenal i think probably the best fight i've ever seen put a lot of uh men's fights to shame the, the whole build up <laughs> and everything the trash talk joking around um it was just it was fantastic and to be there the atmosphere wow like it was like nothing i'd seen in my life it was like I, I, I was like i was watching it and you could tell even just being behind the television it was unbelievable like and and after, like, even just like they just walked just the ring walks just walking onto the in, into the ring and it was just like oh my god like you can really sense like a a proper rivalry between the two um you obviously see a little bit probably behind the scenes but i think it's is clarissa shields the best ever female boxer or the best boxer right now or do you think Savannah Marshall could potentially take her in a rematch? I think uh, I think Clarissa's earned a title of uh, the gold, 100%. You can't say that about another northeast person not getting another chance. <laughs> we, need, we need to rectify that, we need to rectify that. Uh, but just going back on to yourself, Georgia, um, there's probably so many places where you could win gold in the Commonwealth uh, Games or the Commonwealth Youth Games, but the Bahamas? That's incredible. You must have felt it's like that's winning two. That's winning two prizes at once, isn't it? Can you tell us a little bit about that experience? Yeah, that was that was a, probably the best boxing trip I've ever had. Obviously, winning gold at a major tournament like that. But um, we went for a training camp in Miami for a week beforehand, and then to the Bahamas for a week after. So we in the sun for two weeks. Came up with a lovely tan. <laughs> that was amazing. The food out there in the Bahamas is fantastic. I'm a massive uh, foodie and culture nerd, so I always loved like traveling to different places and things. And that was uh, that was definitely the best. I would say, just like a different way of life over there. Did you not think about staying and just <laughs> staying for life there when you get a little bit of a taste of it? I was considering it. Yeah, I would like to go back. <laughs> 
I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. But in terms of that moment when you won gold, is is, is that the minute the best moment you've had in your career, or do you still think there's one more to come? I think there's definitely more to come, but up to now that one, I got the win by uh, by a KO as well in the second round. And um, the girl I boxed, she was tough. She stopped every opponent before me in that tournament, so I knew it was going to. Be, well, I thought it was going to be a tough fight, but I just pushed through, and uh, I ended up ended up uh, getting the stoppage against her. Um, so for that, that just put the icing on the cake for me, really. Oh, I certainly did. It, I, I must say, with boxers, there's just absolutely no fear whatsoever. You, you've got to have that mentality of no fear because you, you know you could get knocked out. You could you're going to get hit in the face a few times, but. Is, is that the thing when you first step into a boxing ring, the fact that look, I'm good enough to be on, the, I'm good enough to be in this ring, and then especially when you say fighting for gold medals and maybe uh, silver medals as well, when you to, with uh, obviously the, the experience you had in India, which we'll mention in a second. But is it that fearless character that you need to have inside you? Hundred percent. And if and if you don't really feel like that, you have to convince yourself that you do. I mean, my nerves. Um, hope none of my future opponents are watching this. My nerves are shot before a fight. I'll feel sick. I'll go to the toilet a million times, but I try and remember all the training I've done and that I wouldn't be here if I wasn't good enough already. Um, so I just try and remember that in the back of my head and uh, and I seem to be doing all right so far. So. Well, you certainly are doing okay as well. Um, I have to be honest, I've never, I, that's quite, an, uh, that's quite a, a statement to say that you do get quite nervous because I don't think a lot of like sportsmen or women really go into that until maybe after a fight and say, oh, I was a little bit nervous, but why do you think you, you get those things? Is, is it like not pressure, is not trying to make sure that you are, you, you're good at what you do? Or is there, is there a pressure from not like to not let family members down? Is, is that the, the, the feelings that you have before a fight like that? 100%, especially like my parents, everything they've kind of sacrificed for me, um, I would hate to let them down. I mean, I know win, lose or draw, I'll always be there, you know, I'll always be a champion in their eyes. But um, it's just pressure I put on myself, like I mentioned before, about not wanting to just be average. And then wanting to impress and and move move up the ladder, and it's kind of like every person I fight is is in the way, and I've got to I've got to dispatch them. And just thinking about that too much kind of uh, kind of sets my nerves away. But um, my last fight, I wasn't really nervous at all, to be honest with you. It was there was the one before that uh, when I boxed the Argentinian. She recently um, lost on a split decision. It was almost a draw against the, the uh, current world champion. Oh, sorry, former world champion. Um, Victoria Bustos. So obviously, yeah. thought, wow, if she's almost beaten opponents like that, I've got to step up my game. Um, so I, I was nervous for that more because of who she'd been in with, and uh, because she was South American, and they're always very tough. But my last fight, um, I kind of just had to dance around to music in the changing rooms. It was more relaxed. I was a bit nervous again, obviously, but yeah, it was a lot more relaxed. Yeah, I think you know, like you say, maybe you, you get used to it. It's just like riding a bike, isn't it? You, just, you, you kind of know what you. What, how you're going to prepare mentally and how you can, you know, you, you obviously know you, what your opponent's going to be inside. And I know that obviously the training and what goes into a fight obviously is absolutely incredible in terms of everything, every every last little detail I can imagine that gets looked at. Um, but you are part with Sky Sports and Boxer. It's, it's it's an incredible rise when you think about it, Georgia, as well. And I, I, they, seem to be, they seem to be really, you know, taking women's boxing very, very seriously as well. And you look at obviously the what we've mentioned with Savannah and obviously other female boxers on the card, including yourself, of course. Um, what is your ultimate goal? What do you want to do with your career? Is there a particular title that you want? Is there a particular opponent do you want? Um, I wouldn't say opponent as such, but um, 
and I think everyone says I want to be a world champion. I believe I can be with the right guidance. Um, so whoever's got the world title when I'm ready to challenge for one, then uh, then I'll take them on. I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. Is it, is is the holy grail? Is that is the dream of potentially fighting at St James's Park? Still something that you look forward to, or do you, do, you, do, you, do you? Is it how difficult is it? Because for I'm sure any sports fan think, well, it can't be that difficult to get, uh, you know, uh, some boxing matches at St James's Park. But I'm sure a lot goes into it, and I'm sure because like, we were we were talking before. Obviously, we were saying would it be great to get like a northeast boxing uh, card at St James's Park. How difficult is it to to get one of those? big big events at St James's Park and I'm sure that's still your ultimate dream isn't it yeah I mean regardless of um how difficult it is for all the setup and things and sorting an undercard out I think it's definitely doable and it's something that I really uh hope would happen in the future and to be part of it would just be uh would be fantastic yeah it certainly would be like I say I think it's how many how many fights realistically away from that world title fight do you think you are in in, in your mind I know your trainer might say something different I'm sure other people around you will say something different. But how, if it was up to you, how many fights do you think you need to get to that position? A good few, yes. I don't want to put a number on it, but I'm 22. I'm still very young. Uh, once you're at that level, you can't come back down. So I think for me, I just want to get the experience, get the rounds in um, and, and get my paychecks before I start challenging <laughs> for, uh, for the big titles. Just get that, get that lovely house, get that lovely holiday back to the Bahamas with your partner, and then that, yes. then, then you can and then you can do that. And then exactly, I need to be secure. Then if I get knocked out, then at least uh, I've got me a mansion in the Bahamas to go back to. It's <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. Um, after I have to mention the fact that um, obviously you, you did win silver in India. You, you spoke a lot about your experience in India. Did, did it change your you as a person? How everybody, how different it was the culture over there. Yeah, I don't want to be one of them girls that goes to India for two weeks and comes back talking about spiritual spirituality and that, you know what I mean, wearing the silk pants. <laughs> um, over there, I just really admired how, like, harmonious, is that a word, harmonious? Harmonious yeah, yeah. it was? Uh, in terms of, like, religion and stuff. Like, I remember there was one street, there was, like, a synagogue, a mosque, a church, and everyone was just talking to each other. And I just thought, how nice is that? They have so much evil in the world because of religion, people twisting it to justify doing horrible things. And um, religion's lost its true meaning, I think, in, in some countries, the UK included. And there's like a cultural segregation between like Christians, Muslims, Brits, um, Indians, Pakistanis. And I just think, what's the point? We're all human. Yeah, we have different beliefs, but we'll be, we'll be born if we all had the same. And um, I always talk about that experience and how I wish it was like that here. I think that's what everybody dreams of one day. You know, that yeah. like that peace that you mentioned there. Hopefully that that will happen because obviously it'll be a better world to to say the least. Um obviously we've been talking all things boxing, all things football. Um if you could only have one thing in terms of your boxing career from now until it finishes, is it just that world title or is it that just have that be the main event on a particular fight? Because I know obviously you've seen Savannah, I've seen um we've had like people like April Hunter who's obviously I have big big fights as well is is the main event the pinnacle i know the world the world title is obviously something that you, you can win but to be the main event somewhere is that something that you can't that money can't buy yeah i mean both would be nice to have a world title <laughs> shot on the main event it's uh two birds with one stone but yeah that would be uh to be part of what savannah and Clarissa was myself one day and to have like that rivalry i mean god knows who with but to, to have that kind of build up and that experience go through it myself would be uh yeah, that would be a career-defining moment, I think. 
definitely. How strong is the Northeast boxing uh, area at the minute? Because we've obviously, in terms of the male side of things, Northeast Lewis Ritten is kind of like the flag bearer for a number of years. And now you obviously there's a lot of young up and coming boxers in the Northeast. Do, do you think that Northeast boxing's in a good place? And is there anybody that we should be looking at in terms of maybe not your, obviously you, of course you will say yourself, Georgia, but is there anybody else apart from yourself that you think, oh, I should keep an eye on that person? Yeah, um, obviously, like I say, Northeast boxing's booming at the minute. I would say I, I'm going to be as bold as to say that it's um, probably the pinnacle in the uh, in the country. To be honest, at the minute, obviously with Savannah, like you say, Lewis Ritson, um, uh, Big Steve Robinson, who I train with, he's Simon Sky and boxer, lo- lovely lad, funny as anything, re- uh, really, uh, really good lad. Watch out for him. Um, Bazzi is like I train with him as well. He's um, he had a couple of years out. He's just gotten back into it, beat the former world champion. Uh, very comfortably, he's a good lad, um, and obviously loads of amateurs coming through as well. I boxed at uh, Bertley for for a short amount of time. A lot, lots of good lads coming out of there. Uh, Cyrus Patterson, he's pro. Simon Matroom just won his first title, I think. Uh, I could go on forever. I could write a book. I was just going to say, why do you think it's why do you think the northeast is thriving at the minute? It's got to be the football club, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I just, I mean, like, why is it? Why northeast? Why? Why is it the, the fact that you talk about boxing in the northeast at the minute? In terms of there's so many people that are doing pretty, pretty well. Why do you think it's the north? Why do you think the northeast doing so well in terms of its boxing? Why do you think it's getting so many, um, you know, good names at the minute in terms of you know people talking about how good these people are? I think northerners, especially us from the north, they we just work hard, um, and we've not, you know, we live in like a well a d- deprived area. The northeast is the most deprived area in the country, but. Um, I don't think we let that kind of get us down. We just go out and do our thing. If anything, it makes us hungrier for that success and to uh, and to create a successful future for uh, ourselves and our our own families. Yeah, we certainly do. We certainly look after our own. And you know, we again, you mentioned about the deprived area. Which we could probably do another podcast about maybe why that's the case. But um, yeah, look, it's it, it seems to be doing so so well, and that's the most important thing. And again, you now seen we've seen able, you know, defending. Savannah, I'm sure Savannah can look after herself. But uh, again, it's just that feeling of just looking after looking after one of their own. But look, I think finally I have to I have to I have to ask you. You know, obviously you, you obviously are still pretty young in your boxing career, and I think some people would even say you're a baby in your boxing career so far, even at 21, 22, um, or 22 year old, uh, years old right now. Um, how many years are you looking to get to stay into boxing? If it was up to you, and obviously injuries injuries aside, but is there is how many how many years do you think you've got uh, in this game? Um, I always said I would like to retire third, no later than thirty. Um, yeah, I mean I don't really want getting smacked in the head when I'm thirty-five, forty. All all credit to women that uh, do that. Obviously, I have Tasha Jones. I believe she's thirty-eight now. Uh, just became world champion. That, that that's that's amazing. She's got a little girl. But uh, for me, when I want to, like, if I want to decide to have a family one day, then I want to be doing my boxing. I want to enjoy that side of my life. I want to go travelling and stuff. I would say, that, like, between the ages of twenty-eight and thirty, I would like to, uh, like to retire. So we've got six to eight years of Georgia O'Connor absolutely battling, uh, battling, uh, battering everybody. <laughs> I won't go that far. I'm sure. Hey, you've got to have confidence, like you said before. You've got to, you've got to believe in yourself. Yeah, there's confidence and then there's cockiness, <laughs> and I'd want to be the latter. So. Well, I'm sure you won't. I'm sure you. I'm sure you've got, obviously got the, be- the the best team around you. Um, after mention, obviously Team GB. Just before we end things, what was that experience like? Because I know that wasn't the the most ideal scenario for you, because obviously with illness, which I'm not going to go into. But 
um, what was the actual experience like with with just other people who were obviously trying to get um, big big medals? Do you know I'll always be grateful for um, for being on Team GB, being a part of it, but it just wasn't for me. I didn't feel like I was being heard. I kind of felt just like a lost soul, like a bit of a ghost wandering around, um, and that you know the coaches and things and weren't really investing their time into me. And uh, I just like I know I know my worth, and I knew I was worth a bit more than the way I was not being treated. Like I talk as if I'm being abused or something, but I just uh, felt like you know when I was there and I wasn't happy, had a bit of problems with depression and stuff. I thought this is not how I want my life to be, um, and I just ended up turning professional. It was never like a goal really when I was an amateur. I always just wanted to you know, go to the big tournaments and win what I can. But when I wasn't happy, that was when I started to think, like, something needs to change. I'm just going to end up, like, falling out of love with the sport completely. Yeah, I think that's what you've got to have. You've got to have a love for it, haven't you? And if you, if you? Like, it's just like anything. If you don't feel like you're in the right place, then sometimes it is, it's It's quite admirable, admirable to get out of it and just actually go, let's take two steps back and go one step forward. Is that, is that is it kind of like how you felt towards the end? Yeah, like I say, I felt like I wasn't being heard and, you know, I'm not going to put my time into things and people that aren't giving me their time like respect's a two-way thing so I just thought you know what I'm just going to walk away before I explode and then uh, I did and now I'm happier than I've ever been so it was definitely uh, probably the best decision I ever made in my life Fantastic stuff, fantastic stuff Final question Georgia um, when we're looking back at Georgia O'Connor in terms of boxing what do, we want to, what do you want to say on it, what do you want to read what do you want to hear from Georgia O'Connor's career? I've always said the main thing for me, obviously I want my hands on a world title one day, but if I, if I can inspire kids to go to the gym or learn to look after themselves, not even boxing, if I, if I can show that you can go through illness and almost dying and problems, you know, um, depression, things like that, you can go through all of it. If, you, if you're strong enough, you can do what you want. If you believe in yourself, you can become anything you want to be, whether it's a, God, whether it's a boxer, footballer, artist, musician, you can do what you want. That's fantastic. So if we might see, well, are you indicating that you want to see more Georgia O'Connors? I would like that. Yeah, I think I'm a, I think I'm a um, decent person uh, at heart. So I think if the world was full of people like me, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a very bad place. <laughs> I think, I think it'd be a fantastic place. It really, really Thank well, you. Georgia. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the Green and Moon the show today. Again, all our links to all our previous episodes are in the description in our podcast as well. If you're watching this on YouTube, again, it is in the description as well for that as well. We've had some fantastic guests, some fantastic boxers. And George O'Connor will certainly be one of the best boxers that we've had on when we look back at her career over the next few years. So from myself, Jonathan Gill, and today's guest, George O'Connor, we'll see you all very Thank soon. Thank you very much for having me. Newcastle Fans TV. The Greenwood and Mulliner Show is proudly sponsored by Casa San Lorenzo Gosforth, the best Italian cuisine in the northeast. Reserve a table today on 0191213 0399 or visit casasanlorenzo.co.uk.